welcome to Asian Book Club, where we highlight Asian and Asian American authors. We are your hosts, Jimmy and Spongin, and I'm Stephen Park, and we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing this little podcast. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it for a while. We were trying to figure out. I think at first we talked about like maybe doing something that involves our relationship and seeing how we grow, and then we came up with this and. I, I think if we figured out a space that maybe was necessary. Totally, and I feel like it wasn't just the relationship idea. There were definitely other ideas that we、um, bounced back and forth. Like I know that you, Stephen, wanted to talk about food and like the history of food,、yeah. and there were many other ideas、mm-hmm. that we wanted to just talk about. Just. See ideas and hear what each other had to say, and also like bringing in history, bringing in other perspectives, and somehow we landed on this Asian Book Club. Yeah, I think it's something that we've both found to become passionate in different ways, and it's a great way for us to kind of share different stories and different experiences. But yeah, we are gonna get into. The five W's of writing to kind of explain out why we're even doing this podcast, what's going on with it. So let's go into that. So let's talk about ourselves first. I'm Jamee and I'm Philippinex. I was born and raised on Guam. For those of you who don't know, it is a United States territory, so we're not a state. But the United States has governance over the、mm-hmm. this little island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. If you're gonna Google Map it, you're gonna have to zoom in a lot, a lot, a lot. Which is what I did after our first date. Yeah, and so I grew up as a third culture kid, meaning that although I'm not Chamorro, who are the indigenous people of Guam. I did grow up in the culture, and I also grew up in Philippinex culture while also learning about American or United States American culture. So I am a third culture kid. Talking about my journey as a reader, I and not a lot of people know about this, but I struggled in kindergarten so bad that my teacher had to. To bring my parents aside and was like, you know, if Jamee doesn't do better by the end of the school year, she will not pass kindergarten. And because of that, surprisingly, my immigrant parents bought Hooked on Phonics.、Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are not millennials, you Gen Zers and Zoomers, Hooked on Phonics is this program. Where you listen to a tape and you follow along on a on a workbook essentially, and you have to actually verbally repeat after what the tape is saying. So it's kind of like a see, hear, say. And how did people? Do you remember how people used to find Hooked on Phonics? Most people bought it through commercials. Infomercials. Infomercials, yes. Yeah.、Um, I don't even know how my parents got it. Got got it. But they were everywhere in the nineties. True, but I don't know how they got it in Guam in particular because、right. it wasn't popular on Guam. Although、mm-hmm. we saw the commercials often, nobody I knew 
had it. But anyway, I went through the whole or the whole elementary track of Hooked on Phonics to the point that I was bored. And I even started the middle school portion of Hooked on Phonics and was even more bored with that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, in third grade, two things happened. My teacher at that time, Mrs. Prophet, shout out Mrs. Prophet if you ever listen to this. Yes. In third grade, our teacher had a, a class library, and not only did she encourage us to look at the school library, she allowed us to borrow the books that she provided in our in-class library. And her encouragement of us reading went on to the point that some of us just wouldn't bring books back, and she let us keep it. And I'm like, so I'm so blessed and so like happy that she did that because that really fueled my joy for reading. Mm-hmm. And another thing that happened was my Tita Kambal, my twin aunts, shout out to them as well. Which and, is what Tita Kambal means. Yes, twin aunt twins Uh they were the ones who brought me to the public library and got me my first library card and as a side note my tita beck who is one of the combals is the one who helped me get my first library card in oregon so she double helped me get my library card and so i got hooked on nancy drew judy bloom and Babysitter's Club, those were the things that I grew up loving and that's what made me become a book dragon. Not just a bookworm, but a book dragon, like breathing in books. Wait, what, what is book dragon? A book dragon is somebody who reads so much, it's like they're that's all they can breathe and consume. Nice. Yeah, and... That probably was the reason why in university, once I found my own path, meaning that I broke away from my parents' dream of me becoming a nurse, once I found something that I truly loved, I ended up graduating with a double major and two degrees in English and education. Who knew? Go figure. That's kind of where life took me, although unfortunately. Although I'm no longer a teacher, I still feel like an educator and I still love literature at heart. Mm -hmm. And so I'm Steven, I'm Korean American. My journey into reading was not very fluid. It kind of came with a lot of stop and go. And I, it started very early on where I remember my dad used to get me Dr. Seuss books. I didn't Mm -hmm. know where he got them from, but Mm -hmm. he got them. And I used to love them, all the colors, all the pictures. Absolutely. And then we'd go to the library and he'd say, like, go check out some books. And I, like, ran to the kids section, but usually it was Garfield or other comics. Mm-hmm. But as I started growing up, I think the expectations of having to read for knowledge more than just for fun started to come into play. Mm. And so then I started losing out on the fact of, oh, this is a fun thing to do. Right. And so I really just stopped reading. I I genuinely don't remember reading a book from, like, an entire book Mm -hmm. through from probably first or second grade all the way through high school, maybe even into college a little bit. Um, I remember in third grade, there was a book report project where we had to write a synopsis of a book that we read. Mm -hmm. And what went through my mind was, there's absolutely no way my teacher is going to be able to read all the books in the library. So I made up a story about some mom and some kid. And I got like a B plus, like it was pretty legit. <laughs> um, but then from there, I just, yeah, I didn't feel a need to read. There were cliff notes. There were a lot of other ways to get about 
the storytelling aspect, which right. is probably why I didn't do great in English. Mm. But I, it was around college, and I think it was around my freshman year where my brother handed me a book called Ender's Game by mm-hmm. Orson Scott Card. It's not a book that Jamee likes very much. Don't read it. But it is something that I had her read when we first started dating. But I love that book. It was the book that actually got me into reading. It was sci-fi. It was very mysterious. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of kind of hidden layers. I highly recommend the book, but I would not recommend reading further into the saga. I'd say just don't read it. The saga goes crazy weird. It goes into like pig islands or Mm. like pig planets actually and just Mm. goes really weird weird spaces Um, but from there then I read Harry Potter which Mm. that kind of drew me right in and then my senior year of college I had some extra credits and that's when I think I really started loving to read again because I took a class called adolescent literature Mm. and it took me to all the like all the books that you normally would read in junior high and high school. Yeah. So it was The Giver, it was Little Women, it was uh, Dragon Wings. I always get that title wrong. I think it's Dragon Wings. Yeah. But, I mean, that truly made me start to realize what a joy it is to read for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got, I took the class pass-fail. I got an A+. Plus. I got 100% in the class. Wow. And I got real mad because I was like, oh, this could erase <laughs> my GPA, even though it's like such a simple thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. That genuinely was the thing that I think transitioned me finally from I don't want to read to now I kind of want to start getting into this thing called reading. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So next we're going to talk about the what. So what we're going to be doing in Asian Book Club podcast is spotlighting Asian and Asian American authors and their work as they so deserve, especially those who are not usually seen in mainstream publications. Those who are in small presses like Sampaquita Press, such as Maria Bolaños and Kiana Aguila Labra, other poets like Justine Ramos and Suhir Hamad and memoir writers like Annie Choi, Jessica Pan, and many other Asian and Asian American authors. But we're also going to honor those who have paved the way so that we can see more Asian and Asian American authors such as Min Jin Lee, Kathy Park Hong, Celeste Ng, Amy Tan, Haruki Murakami, Carlos Bolosan, and many, many others. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to kind of dive into both categories. Right. I think it's very important to look at the authors that have truly grown the field for us as Asian and Asian American storytellers and presenters but entertainers yeah but then because of the fact that the road is now somewhat cleared there are people that can tell further into the story so it's not these um, very stereotypical very close-minded or we're not writing for the white American gaze anymore. It's more about bringing in culture, bringing in the parts that make us who we are, bringing in the traditions and what those traditions are connected to across different countries. But I think it's also the way that the stories are told. It's Mm. no longer, oh, look, this is a tradition that we're doing and this whole story is about it. Right. Now the stories are more about the person and the character that have developed and oh yeah this is something that we do right and so it's i think that 
normalization of our cultures Absolutely. is something that's huge within the newer authors but definitely. you definitely can't take away from like the original storytellers mm-hmm. that have paved the way for us yes for sure yeah all right and then next let's talk about when so we are going to try to drop content every week that's going to be our goal Um, But the good thing is this is a podcast. It's not a radio show. It's not a TV program. Once we drop it, it's available to you, and Mm -hmm. you can kind of get it at your leisure. You can go at your own pace. Everyone has different schedules. Life gets crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is create enough content that if we are reading a story, we're going to break it up for you. If Whether it's four different sections, whether it's two, it's going to depend on the book. But then you kind of read it at your own will and then follow up with it at the end. Also, if you just kind of want to listen in and just have the story heard rather than having to go through the full book, completely okay too. Yes, we can be your cliff notes. Yeah. And so where? So where we're going to be dropping the podcast is anywhere that you probably listen to your podcast already. So we are not the greatest technicians, but we're going to try our best to Put this out there so it's easy for you to access and very much available to you every way, shape, and form possible. Definitely. And we're hoping to at least hit the most common areas like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And then the why. So the big reason why we wanted to start this podcast is so that we can take up space in the publishing world. We noticed that there isn't there aren't many Asian-focused book clubs, and Asia in itself is a big continent with many different countries, so there is not one way to look at these stories and to look at um, these, these perspectives. And we also think that there isn't enough recognition for BIPOC authors in the publishing industry, but more specifically, we wanted to draw focus to Asian and to Asian and Asian American experiences because that's the world that we know. Yeah, and I think this gives us a way of starting to take up space. It starts to have us focus on the stories that are being told. Like I said, um, with the different authors, we're trying to create much more of a normalization of our presence in this American world rather than just being a part of it. So Totally. Um, I think more on a personal note, I know you, Jamee, were having trouble with even finding Asian-focused book clubs, and then once you did, the participation in it was kind of hard because it was so uh, busy, right? So not necessarily an Asian-focused, but in Portland, there aren't many BIPOC-focused book clubs, and there was a local Woman of Color book club I did find just last year unfortunately though because it's a club of about 600 and growing people there aren't enough spots for the in-person meetings which is what I've been very interested in getting into because a lot of the in-person book clubs that I've found through uh, I don't remember what it's called meetup I think is the Mm -hmm. website Um, all those book clubs are mostly filled with white people and not that there's anything bad about white people but finding my own community finding a safe space for women and femmes of color it is my main priority and I wanted to be around people 
who could either relate or empathize with my experience. And so because of that, it kind of tied in together with how you and I, Stephen, have wanted to start reading again together because mm-hmm. when we first started dating, I would offer recommendations mm-hmm. and you would read them and we would talk about it and it was so exciting. And I personally, even though I do claim to be a book dragon, I personally haven't had as much motivation to read mm-hmm. and I've been... I've been starting books and DNFing, and for those of you who don't know what DNFing means, is did not finish ing mm-hmm. those books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like now that there is a podcast, I'm accountable not only to Steven, but to all of y'all. Yeah. Because I'm saying that I'm going to read these books, I do need to read these books, but I'm going to enjoy it along the way as well. And also, I feel like sharing in the misery of trying to finish a book that's hard sometimes Absolutely. is also much better with company. Yes. So even if a book's a little bit on the tougher side Mm -hmm. i think for the most i don't think we're gonna dnf a book i say that now but (laughs) also with the realization that there are a lot of books out there that are Mm. tougher reads either tougher reads or it just doesn't drive with your vibe (laughs) (laughs) but yes absolutely i i also aim to not dnf but If it comes a point where both of us are struggling, I think we can reconsider. We'll have to figure out what we do for an episode in that case. For sure. But at at least y'all know that we're committed to trying. Yeah. I think it'd be funny if, like, do you know those pictures where there's a line or there's a certain amount of the image drawn Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to finish it? Yes. If we did have to DNF, I think it'd be funny if we got that image and we just <laughs> created our own story around it. Totally. Absolutely. I don't know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out for sure. Yeah. All right. So this last part is something that we're always going to kind of finish off our last book on. It's a segment that we're going to call A Hint of Jam. Now, the reason we call it that is because Jamay has a lifestyle blog with mm-hmm. focus on writing, reading, and creativity. Yeah. Um, she has been working on this for six years i think at this point i started in 2016 so at this point it's 2023 so it's been seven years the blog's been up online in the interwebs do you know the email like the website address yes the website address is hintofjam.com yeah so i mean if you want to check it out go check it out but this segment is dedicated to us providing you three hints on the next book that we're going to bring you So, the three hints for our first book club pick are, number one, you've probably heard the author on NPR, specifically NPR's Life Kit podcast. Two, this book that this author has written relates to the immigrant and first-gen Asian American experience. And three, this book is a graphic memoir. Yeah, so I mean, stick with us. This is going to be a great book. The cover of the book, without giving too much away, is very exciting. It's very colorful. So 
We're excited to start diving into it. Yes. But if people want to give us suggestions on what to read, if people want to just contact us, how can they do that? Y'all can reach us at our email address, asianbookclubpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at asianbookclubpod, P-O-D. And if you would like to look at our suggestions for book recommendations, we do have a bookshop and that address is bookshop.org slash shop slash Asian book club pod P-O-D. And all of that will be in our show notes. Yeah. And our Twitter? No Twitter. We don't do Twitter. Bye. Bye.